All right, so this has been a egregious comedy of errors. So this is <laughs> like take four. Okay, so let's pretend let's pretend nothing happened. All right. Hey, mm-hmm. Ryan. You want to do the pop? Hi, hi, Car- hey. hi, Carlos. How are you? Hey, All right. Let's get started. Happy 420. Mm, yeah, same to you. <laughs> and also with you. Um, this is going to be a speed run of this show because we've spent 30 minutes trying to troubleshoot stuff. And here's the thing. We, we'll get to it later because um, you talked about it a few, well, a few months ago when um, uh, you realized AT&T Fiber was going to get put in your area. Yeah, I, I I politely accosted the the nice guys who were out there hanging what I was pretty convinced was fiber, but wanted to to check, and they were nice to tell me enough or tell me that yeah, it was AT and T fiber. Yeah, and apparently your Comcast connection is getting nervous because that's why it has chosen <laughs> to. Because that's the thing is that it. I assume what we were are currently going through is kind of how anything was in trying to do like. Uh, what was the video? What, what was like the? Was there voice chat in like 1999? Uh, like, was it just probably it, some form? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like it was just it's 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 been very bad. And then when you connected, um, it sounded like you were on a speakerphone in a conference room, four cities away. And it was <laughs> anyway. I have some challenges, but uh, you know what? Everybody, uh, you know, let's 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 spark up. Yeah, we're the two least equipped people to talk about that, but. Hmm. Anyway, let's dive right in. Yeah. Um, what do we have? I want, I'm going to skip the thing that I, the thing that went nowhere while we were talking about the other thing. Um, no, actually, no. Let's let's just get into it. Okay. Uh, quick scheduling note: we will be taking a week off next week because we will both be doing uh different kinds of travel. I thought you were going to say because we were still trying to troubleshoot our internet problems no no you were using the strength of the at&t 5ge network and mm. everything is great actually i oh you changed so your plan I, finally? I did change my plan finally because it it ironically was going to end up being like three dollars cheaper a month <laughs> um and now my phone just says 5g not 5ge even though Wait, did you get a downgrade <laughs> <laughs> um well no i think i i, I don't know it's it's confusing but yeah ever since i upgraded my plan it's it's now just 5g on my phone have and i got have you encountered actual 5g yet i like very briefly in san francisco but by the time i noticed um it was gone it was gone yeah. oh, i went to run it. a i went to run a speed test and by the time i had opened the little speed test app it said i was back on fake 5g so mm-hmm. What do you, I, I, sh- I should probably know this, um, but what do AT&T phones show when you have like actual 5G? It it happened so briefly, I, I couldn't even tell you. I just noticed it was something, it was 5G something and it was not 5GE, but some other thing. I'm not even joking, but I, Pro- do I think, think it might it's 5G be 5G plus. plus. <laughs> I, think, so. I think it might be. <laughs> uh, 5G plus ATT. Yeah, they call it 5G plus. So. The one thing that we did excise from the show that I that I thought better of, but I'll talk about it now. Uh, so I was listening to the Recode Media podcast, which is very very good, um, on April first, and the pre roll ad for it was talking about like creative stories and new stuff you can't miss, and it was on a new streaming service called Salesforce Plus. And I thought, well, that's just a joke. Like somebody somebody at the Vox Media family is just is having a laugh, and no, it's actually real. And why? I don't know. 
<laughs> like you, you can't you didn't have Dreamforce for two years and now you have to start a streaming service is that is that the midlife crisis of a of a, of a media company Who I, even I get a, I get a lot of ads on the daily for other podcasts that are like sponsored slash produced slash oh, in some God. way affiliated with like Bank of America and like a couple of other brands and it's I, I'm I'm very fascinated by like what what the deal with those are. Well, I mean, were you already not anxious, uh, eager to listen to, and that made all the difference? A branded podcast from Bank of America. I you know I can't I can't say that I was or currently am. No, it's you are so right, and 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 that is the worst because like this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, unfortunately, the whole time and attention thing's not really going too well, but they <laughs> working on it. Um, but yeah, th- there's so many dumb ones like, like who, like there's one, um, that they kept advertising for a while that, that was called conversations with Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that ad. Like they're just not good. And I don't see what the companies are getting out of them because they're not, like they're all limited run series. Like they're not going indefinitely. Mm-hmm. So and like I'm not sure anybody's like there's no big gets for a branded podcast. Oh, apparently there've been four seasons of this. So, uh, and Matt Damon, uh, uh what's his name? Jason Bourne. Yeah, apparently mm-hmm. he was on uh, season four. Yeah. Took a break from his cryptocurrency ads. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Salesforce Plus, go 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 watch it. Cancel your Netflix, um, as many have. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a bullshit story. We'll we'll get to it. All right. Anyway, so you were, we will not be here next week. People can go listen to uh, one of the good ones, the the one where Ryan didn't tip somebody. Uh, <sighs> How dare you? Um, yeah, go listen oh, to that next week. It's almost three years ago. Oh yeah, that's a good way to mark time. It's just knowing what happened the year right before the pandemic, June June twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. All right, but yeah. So the one thing I've never, I'm not sure we've covered, or if so, it's been a very long time because travel hasn't been a thing for a very long time. But uh, travel philosophies. So you're gonna be doing some travel, but yours is a much much more low key family travel. And also, I misspelled philosophy. Thank you. You, you sure and, did. And so yeah, does I, you. I have, I have absolutely no idea how to spell it either. Philosophies. Come on, Google. Wait. No, that, that's not right, is it? Uh, the... It's not being corrected. Maybe it is. All right. Good for me. <laughs> uh, all right. No, and, and, I, and I did spell it properly, but I think I just looked away to something else in my apartment, and I typed the middle syllable twice. Mm, yeah. All right. Sure. So I have evolved as a traveler and kind of like how like I, I plan things. Um, so I guess I wanted to like, what, what is your travel philosophy? Pretend this, this, this is um, pre housemate. Like you, you or you and the lady friend are going to go travel. How do you, are you a destinations person? Are you a food person? Are you a wanderer? Like, what what is your travel philosophy of you have five days in a new place? Mm. So, food is definitely a priority. Um, specifically, trying foods that are unique and local to wherever I am. Um, I would say, you know, probably. 
I'm not somebody who goes like totally off the beaten path per se, but I also don't necessarily stick with just like the main touristy things. So kind of something, you know, in between. Um, I really enjoy staying in a location that's kind of in the middle of everything. Like it's really nice to be able to, whether you're staying in a hotel or an Airbnb, being able to, you know, leave where you're staying and and walk a lot of places or maybe, you know, be a short kind of public transit or Uber ride away from where you're going. Um, I don't know. Does, does that kind of answer your question? It kind of does. But also when you started talking or when you started describing, I, I, for, <clears throat> I forgot that I left out the key part of this question, mm. which is do how closely how how tightly do you pack your days how specific and regimented are you about doing and like scheduling kind of depends on the trip but usually not too rigid like generally it'll be maybe like sort of one main activity a day which will take up you know, anywhere from maybe like a quarter to half the day. And then the rest of the day is kind of free to wander. Okay. So, you know, kind of a, kind of a mix. That all checks out. Do you, was that always the case or have your, did your opinions change or did your attitudes change over time as you grew? I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really travel much as a kid. I mean, we, you know, we would go on some family trips but we had a tendency to go to the kind of the same places over and over again so i you know i mean i i never i didn't leave the country until you know like after college so my all of my you know more exotic travel i guess or more varied travel has come really just in more recent years gotcha okay I don't. Know, I f- I feel like I've evolved a little bit. I used to be an anxious. Uh, I've only got X amount of days to do stuff, and I have to pack as much in as humanly possible. And I would over schedule myself and just kind of never really enjoy it that much because I'm just going place to place, and just wasn't really that fun. I don't know. So one 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 pro tip I would give to people is that try just make a list of the things that you would want to do. Put them on Google Maps maybe organize them by day and kind of maybe rank them in terms of what you want to do. And if you're having a lot of fun at a place, you know what? The other stuff can just not happen and it's fine. I don't know. I I feel like it's nice to know what your options are, but to just kind of not feel the anxiety of having to feel like you have to do everything. You can always come back. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, maybe when I was a kid, even in, in the smaller trips that we would take, I guess I, I can sort of relate to what you're, what you're saying, like kind of over, over plan or over pack your days. Yeah. I was, I was probably guilty of that too. Yeah. And, 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 I, and the age thing, I don't even mean, I, like, I mean more of like, uh, I didn't want to say my real age as somebody, ugh, as somebody who's 33 um in his late 30s compared to somebody who was like traveling like at 25 i think like the young person's game would be to try to do absolutely everything and just over plan and and does not really have that much fun versus just being like oh i'm I'm enjoying what i'm doing right now and if i want to spend an extra two hours at this museum and that means i'm not going to be able to 
do this other thing. That's that's entirely fine. And you don't feel like you missed out. But then that leads to the other question is, are you uh, an experiences person? Like experiences slash activity? Or are you like a cultural destination and like site C type thing? Um, I I like having I like activities, like planned activities. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. But again, not too many. Huh. Okay. That, that's yeah, that's that's very surprising. Can you like what's the oh, didn't you do like a cooking class in Rome or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like, you know, I of course like you know the Eiffel Tower in um Paris, you know, Broadway show in New York, you know, that that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe the the Eiffel Tower is 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 definitely like a sightseeing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. So quite quite the opposite in that regard, but okay. But it seems it, seem, it makes sense that as as people get wiser and maybe more tired and can't really sustain that much activity, that it that understanding your limits and not over planning a trip is a safe bet. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to taking a bunch of pictures and not editing them for three to nine months. <laughs> so, well, I mean, because I, I literally can't, because I still don't. This Mac Studio is never, never going to arrive, and I, I can't. You can't edit photos properly on an Intel Mac. I don't know I, why. I I forget you. So you ordered one. I did. Question mark. Yeah. I ordered How? one, and I kept, and, and and I have this strategy that is not paying off, which was to just hope for a studio display to just be in stock. Yeah, I, I think I think I told you that was probably not going to be the case. Yeah, I make a lot of bad decisions in life. I'm kidding, not really, but I mean, but that didn't pay off. And the one morning that they did have it, they only had the tilting one, and then I waited too long, and then it wasn't there anymore. So it's 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 fine. I thought the tilting one was the one you were going to get. No, I want the one that that goes up and down and does all the stuff. Oh, oh, I yeah, I, I forget that the the base one tilts. That I thought. I thought by tilting one, you meant the one that has like the the fancy stand, but I know I, I get it now. Yeah. Anyway, no, but I, I we'll see. I think I might break my rule, and then while like each night after going and doing stuff, I will try to edit what I can on the MacBook Pro and see how how good that goes. I, that I goes. need can I, like can I can I pay you for like a Lightroom tutorial someday? I've already told you multiple times that before um, any other life changes, sorry, I had to, <laughs> had to adjust that, um, that yeah, we, you, we need to, I want to make sure you're able to churn out uh, enough. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to make sure you don't fall by the wayside on the fancy camera stuff. So that's, that's yeah. always, and you know, the currency in which I could be paid. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make the reservation at Pico. Oh, that's not what I meant. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think that I think that would probably be accepted too. Eh, yeah, mostly, but it's it's, mo- it's mostly um, cocktails. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, actually, not speaking of which, but I don't. Know, but this our our agenda is all way out of whack. There's this one thing that somebody posted on the Espresso subreddit, and apparently, there's this thing where on the internet people are putting like a two ounce shot of espresso into a bunch of orange juice. And allegedly, mm. it tastes good. Mm. 
I don't have any orange. Like I just, because orange juice is just so sugary, I generally don't keep it in the, in the fridge because I, I've kind of grown out of mimosas a little bit, or it's much more um, of a, like a people over Sunday brunch type thing versus just a casual mimosa. I kind of want to try this, but I kind of don't. I, I very much don't. Do you have orange juice in the house? I, as a matter of fact, I do. I so don't you're more normally, equipped to I, you're more equipped to do this. Yeah, but I just I I feel like doing this might forever ruin both espresso and orange juice for me. I mean, the, even the look of this is. Uh, I, yeah, I, the reason I feel like I might like I'm like I'm like I I like citrus based things. I I, I like a good screwdriver. Both the drink and the and the thing that you get at Home Depot. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it seems tempting because there is in Santa Cruz. There's a coffee shop called Verve Coffee, and they make a very good espresso tonic, which it's, it's different, but it's also kind of the same the in terms heck of. Is that it's James Hoffman actually had a video on this recently. Um, he it's uh it's sparkling water, a little bit of some type of like s- simple syrup, but in a coffee like in a non-alcoholic um beverage context yeah so it's like pellegrinos like that simple syrupy thing espresso and a couple of things and it's like it's like sparkling coffee it's 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 really good mm. but huh. it it it's kind of ingredient heavy or like, or like it's just not something that i've ever had the urge to make at home because it's just i feel like i wouldn't do it well hmm. okay well <sighs> maybe that well maybe we'll come back to that yeah um, do we have any other stuff? No, I think that's pretty much it. Um, so we already talked about it, but um due to the connection difficulties today, do you think are you switching or what's what's the knowing that you can get between 1 and 5 gigabit internet because you know how you're in an AT&T fiber market, are you planning to switch? I am. Um there there there's a couple of a couple things happening here. So with my internet connection i've been pretty unhappy ever since switching back to comcast last year um like my when my internet service you know tonight notwithstanding although i i don't know whether to blame comcast or google for this we'll we'll get to that second part in a second um but like the internet's mostly been fine but the the tv service is so bad there's like there's just so many weird limitations with their cloud DVR stuff, like not really being able to use it out of the house or only being able to use it in very limited ways. You know, the this of uh, this elusive Apple TV Xfinity app is still not out. So Oh, they they the, changed the wording on that to be sometime this year. Okay. Yeah. And <sighs> so like, you know, my only option currently to watch anything on regular tv on my my main tv is by using their their dumb x1 box which is really laggy and bad um so so anyway i i'm i'm ready just to kind of scrap that whole thing and um i can't remember if this was an it was an offline online conversation or online online but um like a couple of months ago i i noticed some some guys hanging what i was pretty convinced was was fiber in in my neighborhood so i i went out and you know nicely accosted them and and asked them what they were doing and they were they were very nice to tell me that oh yeah it's, you know, we're at&t we're installing fiber it's like oh cool 
Um, and sure enough, I, I actually still haven't gotten like any sort of like ads or anything from them. I just, I, I can't, I, I think I saw like a, like a random banner ad just online and I thought, oh yeah, I should, I should like put my address back into their system and see if, if by chance it pops up or if it says like, Hey, it's coming in such, such and such date or something. And when I did, it was like, oh yeah, Hey, you can, you can get fiber today. And it's, it's like really, really affordable. It's for their gigabit service, which is a gigabit up and down with no data caps. It's 80 bucks a month, which is the same price as Comcast if you bundle gigabit with TV service. And, you know, Comcast is only like 35 up and has data caps. So pretty sweet deal. And for TV, I think I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll experiment with a couple of the, of the different over the top services, um, or maybe just go back to YouTube TV. Like as we talked about on the show, YouTube TV is definitely not perfect, but it had kind of a lot going for it. Like it made surfacing anything that was in 4k really easy to find the, the cloud DVR stuff while their whole library setup wasn't super intuitive. It it was really flexible. Like there was no limits about what you could watch in or out of the house. Um, and you know, since I've canceled YouTube TV, they've brought a native YouTube TV app back to Roku since they figured their whole dispute out, which is something that I never got to use because the entire time I was on the service, they were having their little tussle and, and, you know, it was buried inside just the regular YouTube app. So yeah, I think, I think I am, I think I am going to switch to, to fiber. Interesting. You'll have to detail on the show kind of what that entails since I, I don't know how would it work since like it doesn't come into the house over coax right like they can't just like unplug your comcast it, thing it's no it's so it's as, as far as i understand it it's a it's a completely different type of cable and so they would i mean what i would probably have them do is i i would just you know pr- well i i don't know i i would either have them just pull the coax cable out and then you know cap it just outside the house or um or they would just drill a new hole kind of where the coax comes in and then run their their fiber cable through Mm. um but then yeah um that sort of leads into the second part of the of the conversation which is i've also been kind of unhappy with these well not not unhappy but just like the the Google the Google Wi-Fi things that I've had for the last few years they've they've actually been you know fairly reliable and have been fine but sort of like everything else with Google's like home ecosystem like Google just can't figure out exactly like what their strategy is and they're like kind of sort of trying to consolidate everything into like the Google Home app like there used to be a relatively decent standalone app to manage your google wi-fi stuff but they they discontinued that and forced you to start using the google home app which is not very good and so i've I've been thinking about replacing all of that as well and on top of the fact that my google wi-fi stuff is again it's a few years old so it's it's not wi-fi 6 or anything so you know having gigabit 
I'm not really able to take advantage of gigabit speed unless I'm, you know, hardwired in. Um, and Eero just came out with some revised hardware last month, which you kind of helped make me privy to. And it's gotten really good reviews and is is quite reasonably priced. Um, so I'm kind of thinking I'm kind of thinking I'm going to just do a kind of a big infrastructure week and you know bring in AT and T fiber to replace my Comcast internet service and then also swap out the um, Google Home um, mesh network setup I have for probably the new Eero six plus uh great then, yeah um <laughs> the 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 part of the process that gives me a little bit of pause like it, it might end up being totally not a big deal but it could also turn into something that i spent an entire weekend banging my head against is the way that at&t fiber works is they give you you have to use their box you can't you can't just go out and buy a like fiber modem in the way that you can a cable modem. And so you've, you've got to use the box that AT&T gives you. And as far as I can tell, there there is no sort of like modem only option where you can then just use your own networking equipment. Instead, it's it's a combination like modem router. However, they do support um, something that's called, I think like IP pass-through where i mean i'm i'm no networking expert so don't at me it but it basically sounds like you you sort of like bypass the router functionality inside of at&t's box and pass that responsibility on to kind of like the device that's then connected to the box and so there's like a whole there's there's help articles both on at&t side and on eero side describing how to make that all happen um, but I, I don't know, I could see that just being something that I follow the instructions on and then go to access the internet and it, and it doesn't work. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's the part of it that I, I, I wish AT&T just could give you like a, a dumb modem that you can then use your own networking equipment with, but it doesn't sound like that's, that's an option. Yeah, I mean, I've heard something similar where there's either something called bridge mode or there's there's ways to try to make um, either whether it be like a Fios router or like an AT&T fiber thing do as little as possible and you just throw an Ethernet cable into what you actually want to be your your thing. Yeah, Eero's help article basically yeah, talks that you, there's two different things. You can do this IP pass-through thing and the way they describe it is if you go down that route, then you are you are fully using like your Eero as your networking setup in the, in the way that you would with like Comcast or something, but that if you put it into bridge mode, you're sort of like using most of its functionality, but not all of it. And so I, you know, I don't know. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but but yeah, my my internet trouble tonight. I I don't know if it's a Comcast thing or if it's a if it's a Google Wi-Fi thing. Friend of the show Troy, who I actually just had a Zoom call with last night, he's been having a bunch of internet trouble and and kind of warned me about I guess some bad firmware update that they just pushed out. And I I probably jinxed it last night because I told him I wasn't having any tr- 
trouble and I'm like, I'm on zoom calls a bunch almost every day. And sure enough, <laughs> when, when I go to call you tonight, I was having trouble. So I, I don't know if I just happened to, to get that update today or, or what the deal is, but in any case, I think I'm ready to kind of scrap, scrap my internet connection and, and Wi-Fi setup and kind of refresh that whole thing. And I, you know, <laughs> I've, I also did briefly browse their like two gig and five gig options, which are also like incredibly reasonably priced. However, I don't even know what's involved in terms of like all the new networking gear and rewiring of ethernet I would have to do in order to actually even support anything more than a gig. Um, it's probably not necessary. So you don't, you wouldn't have to rewire your house just because cat six is fully capable of doing 10 gig ethernet. Um, and there's no way you ran five E. Um, no, just, I, I ran cat, I ran cat six. I remember that. Yeah. But then, but the thing is that, and this is something that I've looked at because there are, of uh, the Mac studio and a few other things support 10 gig ethernet, 10 gig, uh, like switches and routers are very expensive. That's what I figured. Like, yeah. and, and Wi-Fi is, what is the, what's the 802.11? What's the, what is Wi-Fi 6? Well, there, there's. Is it there's, AX? Yeah. When, 802.11 yeah. AX. It's just, you never get, like, I, I can't see where you'd get speeds that would make that worth it for now. No, I, I think for my purposes, a, a gig up and down would be, would be great. And that, that keeps everything simple because then, you know, I, I could just stick with something like a, you know, an Eero and that, and that would work fine. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, uh, probably sometime next month is when all of this is going to happen. Cool. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. And I think I'll, I'll probably, you know, in, in, in a very like John Syracuse kind of like preparing the way sort of thing. I'll probably do the Eero stuff first and and you just kind of get that, you know, make sure that that's sort of like stable and working and then, you know, give that like a week or so. And then once I feel good about that, you know, bring in the, the fiber stuff. Got it. All right. We will wait for an update. Mm-hmm. Um, few quickies. Um, so Peloton is cutting the cost of the treadmill and the bike. Um, and I'm at my Bloomberg article limit, so I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you. Um, the original bike is... Uh, I can't read it through it. Ugh. Archive.org. I think the, the original bike is down like 300 bucks. It's down to 1200 And then the bike plus, a lot of... A lot of pluses in this episode uh, is down 500 which is brings it down to a couple thousand yeah and again quick uh pro tip to people who don't want to pay for certain websites uh you can go to archive.org and type in the url and a lot of times it'll let you see it uh so yeah the bike original the og bike is going to be 11.95 down 300 dollars. the higher end bike plus goes down to nineteen ninety five down five hundred dollars. The treadmill gets a slight price cut down to twenty three forty five. So that's interesting. 
um because they have had a number of like deals where like if you if you have like the chase whatever card like there was a deal where you could use like you got 10x like ultimate reward points if you bought a peloton and it was it just it was it was silly all around but they've been experimenting with discounting the bike in various different ways but the thing now is that the subscription which used to be $39 a month is now 44.99 a month and oh man poor canadians uh, it's up to $55 a month in canada but it's not changing anywhere else internationally so this like what initially made sense to me like okay so the the upfront cost is a little bit lower and you're making it up over time and that seems cool but this the subscription the peloton all access thing is changing for everybody and that seems kind of lame i don't know like I, I know you don't you you find a lot of value in it but you already paid for the expensive bike or well, i mean you 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 got a deal but maybe you you got the bike at the price that you were expecting and yeah yeah no i i think i think your point's totally valid i, w- I wouldn't argue it at all um i think that would have been a better move but I'm not I'm also not overly bothered by this because I I yeah I do think even at $44 a month which is a very weird number um it's it's a really it's a good value you really get a a lot of different classes and they're they're all really high quality Yeah and I mean I guess maybe like it's it's kind of like a what the market will bear thing maybe Ben's contract just is that expensive and that's kind of the only way they were able to do it without he, he deserves every what how, what what's the every pence every what's what's the <laughs> no no but so pence uh pence is the uk equivalent of a cent so i think he deserves many pences oh, okay yeah yeah give him, give him hunter give i mean give him whatever <laughs> um no that again they're they're pounds in britain pounds yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the, I just I was trying to think if there was like something different than pound I could say. Well, but, they, but in slang they call them quid. Quid. Okay. Okay. Then I was looking for something like that. Yeah. yeah there just, we go. I mean, just go go DM Mike and he'll tell you. Okay. Um, but I don't think he actually needs it because again he has so many spawn. He has so much spawn con on his Instagram where I mean <laughs> he's got to deal with Volvo. He's got to deal. With, he's got to deal with everybody. And also, uh, two thumb two thumbs down to him is that i don't know if this what yeah because he did a he did an april fool's joke oh yeah yeah shame on him for that yeah and also april fool's is canceled like we 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 all got remember back when like going on the internet on april 1st was always just a a nightmare because every company (laughs) would just do like a really stupid april fool's joke i remember like dig would do they they would replace their top ten articles with a bunch of junk. Yeah, no, it's bad. Yeah, like the early twenty tens was a really dumb time where everybody took April Fools really seriously, and it was just like Google would always be like, oh, like Google always had the worst ones. Like they had like they they had the thing like it was like Gmail mic drop. It was like there's a whole lot of silly ones, but yeah, but knock it off, Ben. No. <laughs> um. All right. What else? I I don't care. I I the the Elon Musk Twitter stuff. Like, do you have anything? No, no. I would suggest we skip all that. Yeah. It, it it it's dumb. There was no. It's it's dumb. There was one good article written about it, but that involves talking about the actual story. So no, Pass. unfortunately. 
Um, going back to Peloton, though, I did forget about this. Uh, uh, the New York Times had a article, and it, it was very New York Timesy. Where they just—it sounds like somebody had an idea for an article, and they found people to give random quotes to back it up about everybody dumping their Pelotons. And somebody there was some lady in here who was like, "Oh yeah, I, did, I had to go to Facebook Marketplace and sell my bike for like a forty percent loss." Well, I mean, you, you knew what you're getting into. Well, and, and you know what? Hey, if if people if people are clamoring to go back into a gym to work out, like, hey, you know what? More power to them. I even pre-pandemic, like that was never really one of my favorite things to do. And I, I've always liked the idea of either you know doing doing things around my house, like running, or doing things like in my house. And so you know. For me, the Peloton is a way better experience than going to a gym. But, you know, if somebody feels the opposite, yeah, more power to them. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, I'm not sure that the M2 stuff is really that interesting because we'll just, well, let's just wait for whatever, like what whatever the first Mac is that comes out with it. It's got to be... It's got to be that new MacBook Air and probably a rev- like a higher end Mac Mini. That's got to be what the first two are, I would think. Yeah, but un- until then, I don't know. Like, the, it, I'm not sure what that rumor actually really tells anybody, or if we know what the because the A because the M1 is based off of the A14, right? Sounds right. Yeah. And the current processor that's in the iPhone 13 is the A15, right? Checks out. But performance year over year on the iPhones was not remarkable, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think necessarily something like clock speed is going to be the interesting part of the M2 story. It's going to be more about things like does it support more RAM? Does it support more ports? Like that sort of thing. Which I think the answer to those types of things is going to be yes. But, it, you know, the, it's the details there that I think will be interesting. Yeah. And that's all stuff that we'll find out as the products actually come out. Um, maybe, maybe WWDC. Kind of hard to, hard to say. It doesn't. But, the, it, but feel, the, it feels like to Apple's credit, it feels kind of like mac hardware they've they've sort of kind of been able to keep a secret in a way that they certainly aren't able to with like the phone and the ipad yeah and also it probably helps that they just because the m processors are just so similar to the phone and ipad chips that there's not really much to leak there yeah i don't know but yeah you're definitely right about that um all right so this this will kind of wrap up the show so we'll talk about netflix for a second then we'll talk about better call Saul. but i think they're kind of related um so there's a lot of hyperbolic reporting about this but netflix announced earnings on monday or tuesday and uh for the first time uh, in 10 years, their subscriber numbers shrank. Uh, they lost 200,000 subscribers in Q1. And I, I, I'm just curious of, of what you think about that is. 
and just kind of what what does it mean for the maturation of streaming in general if the market has this much of a negative reaction towards it like think what is going to happen when disney actually starts trying to make money on disney plus and price it where it should be i don't know I don't know. I think I think like probably so many things <laughs> with the stock market. Like this is so obvious. Like now that it's happened, like you look at it and go, like, yeah, of, co- of course, this is what was going to happen. Because um, I mean, Netflix. When you really think about it, with streaming, I mean, they were really the only game in town for for quite a while. Because um, like even like the the early days of Hulu, like that was. St- kind of trying to find its footing and like all kinds of other services um just never really got on their level as you would say but then you know now just in the past few years with hbo max and disney plus and discovery plus you know um there's just so much more competition now um and i also think that this point that people have been making for a while is something that i know has really resonated with me which is that I really think that Netflix is sort of like quantity over quality strategy, like, they, which is not to say that they don't put out anything that's, you know, not of high quality, but like they really do emphasize quantity above all that like that really is kind of off putting now, especially with just how big and unwieldy the Netflix experience is. So, yeah, I mean, you combine all that and yeah, I do. I, you know, I don't think the sky is totally falling for them, but they're they're not in a great spot, I don't think. Hmm. Okay. I I I kind of disagree. I I disagree with a lot of that. I hmm. I've heard the whole quality versus quantity argument from a lot of people, and I feel like those people are generally the Apple lover like community who envisions apple plus to be like the second coming of like the hbo model of of let's try to make the highest quality stuff we possibly can we'll be very choosy and that's why this service is great netflix i think it's tricky i think they they make a lot of stuff and netflix is trying to make a lot of stuff that appeals to a lot of people in a lot of different markets so that at least at some point like you always have something on netflix that you want to watch even if you're not somebody who wants to watch like trashy stuff like love is blind and the circle like and all and all the dumb reality shows that they've made but they keep pumping out a ton of documentaries or you like stranger things or you like like there's always something and they've had to ramp up so much around the world which is how we got stuff like squid game which is not a thing that's for me but they have stuff that they have like good quality english language dubs of to make it appeal to everybody like they're throwing a lot of stuff against the wall to see what sticks but also that approach means that they have enough content for everybody so that it seems like an invaluable service so because like how many total worldwide subscribers do they have i'm not i'm not sure 200 million netflix total subscribers 2022 i think they they lost something like Two million subscribers, but yeah, I don't know what against or uh, two hundred thousand subscribers rather. But I don't know. So Netflix what... lost two hundred thousand subscribers globally in the first quarter of twenty twenty two, and predicts that it will lose another two million subscribers in the second quarter. In January, the company predicted an uptick in subscribers. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, 
it has 221.6 million subscribers at the end of Q1. That's a lot of people. I don't I don't think the sky is falling. I don't I I I just can't understand the idea that hey they make too much stuff so therefore it's not worth paying for. Like I feel like that's very much a old school HBO like Apple TV plus type ideology. Like I, and and that's where like I don't I don't think that holds up because as we talked about last week Apple TV Plus has the highest churn rate of any streaming service because you could watch the entire catalog of Apple TV Plus in like two weekends. So, I mean, I don't really get it. I I just think that now that things are opening back up, maybe people are less starved for content, they're maybe reevaluating their over-the-top and like their subscription budgets. I I uh, I don't see this as being that like I don't I don't see this as a sky is falling type thing I don't know. Well, the other thing that's really interesting about what they came out and said is that they estimate that a hundred million yeah, households was, mm-hmm. are sharing passwords, which I I don't I don't think that's something they've ever put a number to before. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've acknowledged it as like a thing that they're monitoring but yeah i don't think they've ever put a number to it like that before and it's i don't know it's it i don't know i I didn't think that was like the best look for them either what? which is like because it's like so their their solution to subscriber growth isn't to solve any of what i would say is their more core issues and instead they're gonna crack down on password sharing I'm not saying that's something they shouldn't do, but how how is having people who use your service pay for it not a fundamental business issue? I feel like they they've been casual about hipster cable type situations, but like just kind of just kind of weird. I don't know weird timing to. Well, I don't know for like like if you're someone who I don't know if you're working PR at Netflix. I just it this doesn't seem like that's the type of message you would convey to ease investor concerns. Well, I mean, that that shows automatically that, hey, here's an addressable market. And if we, if we just manage to find a way to get one out of every five people who's currently like stealing our content, then that's, uh, that's a, that's 20 million subscribers that they can add. I mean, I yeah, think I what, think when there's you, any, I don't think there's any way that ratio would be one of every five, but really, yeah, no, I, I think hmm. it'd be much, much lower than that. Well, but that goes hand in hand with, and this is actually one thing I don't really think is a good solution, but um, they are also thinking of, ad- of adding in a uh, ad-supported lower cost tier, which I feel like the whole point of Netflix is that there are no ads. So I'm not really, yeah, ads, I can't imagine how- streaming services are the worst. Uh, do, you have, do you have some recent experience with that? <laughs> I do. Um, but like- yeah, I, I, I can't imagine how much, well, actually going back a sec, uh, last week when I opened the Netflix app, I like where it just pops up and tells you in like in gigantic font that, hey, your price is changing and the prices are going up. Uh, chef's kiss emoji on that. But I can't imagine how much cheaper it would have to be for somebody to say, okay, I want the ads. Like, cause if like, I think I have the one where it's not 4k and it's only it's supposed to be for like an individual, not like a household, and I think it's like now sixteen fifty a month or something. 
like how much cheaper could it possibly be for somebody to say, yes, I want to have five different ad breaks for state farm or whatever during this episode of stranger things. I, I don't, I, 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 that's not a person I come in contact with often. I don't know. Anyway, so the stock was down 34% today. I, I think the pessimism is not necessarily that warranted. Like I do feel like your complaint about the app and discovery is founded but that's much more of like a foundational like just like that's a that's a decision that they can make and and into how to correct that type of thing so like as you have so much content how do you make better recommendations and and keep people interested and and showcase all that stuff like because we've talked about it where you'll have a show that's the buzz of the internet and the most popular thing in the world for all of two days and if it's not the thing that's like in that carousel of like the top five things on Netflix, you just never hear about it again. But like, that's a different issue that that's not, I don't think that's why people are canceling. Eh, oh. All right. Um, better call Saul. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Okay. Uh, a Netflix series. So a few things. <laughs> so I feel nothing with this. I'll I'll own up to this one. Kim Wexler can come after me. Uh, so I, the first two episodes of Better Call Saul um, may or may not have fallen off a truck because I don't. I I pay. F- I I have a Comcast video subscription. I could have watched it, but I currently don't have a way to watch it. So whatever. Uh, this weekend, uh, or sorry, Monday, was it Monday and Tuesday or Sunday and Monday? They were, they both came out back to back on Monday. Okay. Um, yeah, the sixth season of Better Call Saul came out, um, and it was available either on traditional TV or AMC plus, or as you found out, there's something called AMC stream, which is just, it's, it's free, but ad supported, but does it still require a cable login? Yes. So that that's, so they have AMC plus, which is their streaming service that, you have to pay for separately, even if you have a cable subscription, similar to like Discovery Plus. Or they have AMC Stream, which is their thing that doesn't have any of the AMC Plus exclusive content, and you just access by entering your existing cable credentials. All right. And you said one of the advantages to it was that it had the episodes ready to go like at like seven o'clock our time yeah so they so the it was it was technically like two different episodes that they aired i mean it was basically one two-hour episode but it was formally two episodes and, and the way amc stream works is that they post them immediately after they finish airing on the east coast so the first episode posted at seven o'clock pacific time since it aired starting at 9 p.m. Eastern and ended at 10 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah, it, it, I was going to have to stay up until like 1130 on Monday to watch it on regular cable West Coast time. So it, it gave me a little bit of a head start, which was nice. And the picture quality was better than I would have gotten over my crummy uh, Comcast TV service. So that was nice, too. Cool. Um. So do, using my uh, questionable method, I still got an ad-free experience. But overall, it sounded like... So actually, how many ad breaks were there? Six an episode? 
yeah, I, I think that's probably about right. And they were, and they were long. They were at least a few minutes each. It was bad. Well, what was the content like? The you mean the the show, the show or the ads? <laughs> the show. Um, the sh- really good to have it back. Um, I thought it it was it was a a bit of a slow start overall. Um, and a little bit uneven. So, like, I guess what I mean by that is that I think the Salamaka. Gus storyline is really in Mike and my Mike too. Like that storyline, I think to me is really interesting and really exciting. I'm not quite sure what to make of the Jimmy Kim storyline yet. Like the whole, the whole like Howard thing seems a little beneath Kim. So, but I, I'm I'm willing to see where it goes because mm-hmm. I I, def, I definitely I I definitely could see them turning it into something really interesting or surprising, but I'm I'm a little skeptical of that storyline so far. Well, did did you follow your own rule? Uh the the Ryan's recap recommendation. Yeah, I feel like we had a p- better name for it before, but uh, yes. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm still workshopping it. Um, I I did, yeah, yeah. Did, read the Wikipedia recaps, watched the Man of Recaps YouTube video, and then watched the last two episodes from season five. I did all that. Well, so on the on the season fi- also spoilers. Wait, sorry, did we? Oh, we haven't yeah. said we haven't said anything of, yet. <laughs> but, lots of spoilers. Yeah, d- don't listen to the last third of this show for the next three months if you don't want spoilers like watch watch the stuff the week of if you care about it but no i watched the season finale of season five and i'd forgotten a lot of it and as you pointed out it's it well yeah it happened two years ago so but the thing was like there was that scene where she goes in to take some public defender cases runs into howard and like she she has been through like kim has been through some really stressful experiences with uh, Jimmy and they're married and they're like that she's feeling more of an attachment to him. So I, I, maybe she was all in on the fact that Howard was just talk like bad mouthing Jimmy in such an obvious way when he talked about all the things that Jimmy had done to antagonize him and try to like, I, I don't know. Like I, f- I feel like that kind of explains it. And I also think she just kind of gets like, there's something thrilling for her in terms of uh getting on jimmy's level to a degree like didn't she participate last season in some of his like uh con man antics she she did yeah yeah i don't know like i i i buy it i don't know like that's where and in episode two where she kind of helps him out with the uh the kettlemans which i totally you, you you're right like i totally forgot what that whole storyline was about it, and that was season it, one okay well that that makes me feel better because i yeah i was like i have no memory of those people but then i yeah i did remind myself that well if they were like yeah season one or just like early in the show like that was a long time ago mm-hmm. so 
Because I think, didn't you pointed out this very disturbing fact to me recently, right? That like, didn't Breaking Bad, wasn't its finale like close to a decade ago now? Uh-huh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Time, time keeps, yeah, time, time's bad. Because I, I keep having to like go back and sort of like remind myself of sort of like the whole Gus, you know, freeing Salamaca thing, which they, you know, they've given more background on that as part of better call Saul. But then I've also kind of gone back and reminded myself of like what happened between them, like in breaking bad. It's, I don't know. It's all, it's all, it's all hard to keep track of. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, like any, anytime I see Kim, like, like her care, like her, Kim, like her character, you are right that the motivation and kind of what is going on is maybe it's being overshadowed by a really pressing and action packed and, and, um volatile situation on the other side and it's kind of not obvious how they're gonna link up but they obviously have to like and eventually jimmy gets or um saul goodman gets into his role with brian cranston and everybody else and that and that's how those stories link and eventually because it was detailed in like some uh like press panel that yes aaron paul and brian cranston will be in the season towards the end of it yeah, like so, those course. those storylines will cross, and there will be more explanation there. But like, right now, you are right that they're two very, very different and somewhat disjointed things. Where like, kind of when you return from commercial break, or like uh, in, in my episode where it just fades to black, like you're you kind of don't know what story you're getting and kind of what level of um, anxiety you should have with what you're watching. But like. I, I'm I'm still equally interested in both, but I do take your point that the other one is just the yeah, I mean, just like the the level of interest and just how like the level of drama in the uh, in the Fring Salamanca Nacho storyline is just it's so much higher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I I I get it, but they're both entirely enjoyable to me. Yeah. Um. The so you know we 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 also got the traditional beginning of a new season, um, post Breaking Bad scene, um, mm-hmm. which has been kind of the the tradition ever since the show started. But this this one was different. It, it, it didn't actually have Saul at all. This was his his house in Albuquerque being emptied, which. We never saw his house in Breaking Bad, did we? No, but I when I, maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. I thought that was his like strip mall office because I remember no, that's what that, the one no, no, that had that, the like the, kind of the like the tacky like it looks like a the interior like the Supreme Court or whatever type like office. No, thing. no, that was that was his house. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't think that I don't think they ever <laughs> met for coffee at his house or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, that, yeah, I thought that was a good, a good intro and like a like amazing. Like Vince Gilligan always knows how to like work with the cinematographers and get like really interesting shots. And yeah, it was it was very it was very interesting. The the, the thing that's interesting though is sort of when or like if they're going to in any way kind of conclude the post Breaking Bad Saul story because if they you know, if they stick to keeping it solely something they do as an intro scene to a beginning of each season, then 
I I guess the last one they'll do would be when the second half of this season comes back in the summer. And maybe that'll conclude the story, but I don't think so because like what are the, what cuz like how would they possibly show like cuz they the conclusion would require Bob Odenkirk being in it, right? Mhm. Like either either him getting arrested or like something. So then but why would they show that if before you see like six more episodes of like what's happening like eight years earlier? Well, so yeah, so I don't know. I may, maybe they maybe they break tradition for that and maybe maybe it becomes the last scene of the last episode. I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they do. Hmm. You just don't think they address it at all? No. I mean like it's obvious like he, he like flees and probably cuz he mm-hmm. like cuz the one who he's the one who organized the vacuum repair guy, right? When Right. Yeah. Uh Walter needed a new identity, so he probably does the same thing and that's why he became the Cinnabon guy and yeah, I'm not sure like there's any big Well, they they kind of le- they left it last season with like a big cliffhanger where a, like a random guy in the mall that he was working at recognized him from mm-hmm. his old Saul Goodman ads. And then he called the vacuum cleaner guy yeah, and was like halfway through asking to change his identity again. And then he decided not to and hung up the phone. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where they left it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that's where they just then intend to end it or, um, or what the story was. Yeah, we shall see. Um, they also they seemed to imply in this season's opening um scene that some of Kim's things may have been in the house in Albuquerque, which is interesting because it kind of gives a hint as to how far along in the timeline she's going to make it. Um Yeah, I'm I'm so worried for Kim. It's not going to be great. Yeah, it's not going to end well, but we'll, we'll enjoy it while, while we can. Um, but yeah, in terms of the like uh, the nacho stuff, like it's it's really good. And get, so I was watching both of these back to back last night, and I was very very tired. And it was not due to lack of of interestingness on the part of the show, but I fell asleep in the middle of it, or I fell asleep right after the first episode or the season premiere happened. And then I woke up in the middle of the like motel shootout thing. And I've, I went the entire day thinking Nacho was dead. Mm. Yeah. Because like, I just caught at the very end. I'm like, Oh, well obviously he didn't make it out. And the person or whoever like died in the pool or whatever was, was him. And yeah, I, I went through the entire day thinking that he was gone, but that would have been a very, anticlimactic way to set up an entire season of this because like again like nacho is objectively probably the best character on the show or like or he drives the plot the most and is the most interesting yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't disagree with that and also when i was again when i was following the the ryan doctrine or whatever and i rewatched the last episode i i totally forgot how how upsetting um the like erratic nature of Lalo is it's just like this is very I don't know it just makes like that he's he's creepy creepy is the wrong word but he's 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 so good yeah he he is he's phenomenal him I mean him and Gus are just 
yeah. next level. They're they're really really good. And I think we may have looked this up on a pre a prior season, but is he like? Does he have like um like he's from like Broadway? Yeah, he's 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 a it, it, Timothy Dalton. Is that his name? He's he's pretty he's pretty famous. Tony Dalton. Tony um, Dalton. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Now he's he's really really good. Uh, for much of his careers, he acted in Mexican films, television shows, and stage plays. Interesting. All right. Um, but yeah, really good. So uh, Nacho's not dead. Um, and yeah, the guy, the man, the I always forget who. What is their names? The the two the the creepy hitmen that went after um, uh, Walter's brother. What's his name? They just they just always. They just always call them the, the the twins. But are they the Salamanca? Are are they are they blood Salamancas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They're they're um they're Lalo's cousins or something. But yeah, no, they're they're Salamancas. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, other than that, like, I mean, there was just two two good episodes. But I bet I mean, I, I do take your point that because we don't entirely know what like the main thrust of this season is for Saul, because I only watched the season finale. I didn't watch one episode before. And I think one episode oh, before you missed the, you missed the, the, the best scene, which one, the, the one where Lalo comes to Kim's and Jimmy's apartment. Oh, that would have been too stressful. Oh, it's, oh, it's so good. It was so much fun rewatching that. Well, that and was, it was, it, that was, it the- was nice to rewatch it not being that quite as stressed <laughs> yeah but that's the one where i think that's part of the thing of like why like why is kim slumming it with jimmy or why is she getting involved in this I, I feel like after this like after that whole experience she like she's she's in it like she doesn't really have a way out of it and similarly was it the season premiere where she finds inside the bag of money in the closet the uh world's second best lawyer mug with a bullet hole in it she- she had she had found that last season. Okay, but she threw it away this season. Threw it away this season. Yeah, yeah. like I I think that's why. Like she know like she she has like she if she wanted to leave Jimmy she already would have. So she's just kind of in it now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean I think that explains some part of the Howard stuff. But I, like I mean there has to be that main thrust of he stops doing just like weird one off cons and wants to set up like his strip mall law office so i feel like that's gonna be the progression that we see but you you are right where there's not entirely clear direction on where it's going and that's kind of it's fun it's fun to watch but it's but it doesn't those scenes don't have the same level of urgency and um drama but it's still it makes for a balanced show mm-hmm. oh i missed it i missed it so much yeah no it's 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 really it's really really good what else was there right they like i i didn't take notes on this but there were two other points oh what's what was the deal with um mike had a very very um like negative reaction to like uh gus wanted to bring in the de- uh nacho's dad mm-hmm. and mike had just like absolutely not that's not gonna happen was there well, Mike? 
Mike, Mike has been going back to like last season. He's been consistently trying to basically have Gus let Nacho go. Oh yeah, because he's like he he's done literally everything you've asked. Like just yeah yeah okay good point right um and Mike Mike's done a lot of little things right like I don't know if you picked up like in in when he did the whole like safe thing mm-hmm. he took out Nacho's dad's ID and like pocketed it and didn't put it back in the new safe as a way of protecting his dad who in- you know that that's like that's like Nacho's whole thing is he's he's been trying to protect his dad from getting involved yeah I um, hmm, I don't know why I actually thought it was the opposite like when they were putting everything back I thought that he only put the dad's ones back but no that that no, was no, no, way no. more he, sense. He, he only put nachos back yeah. Yeah. and was it a fake ID or, or did they have a connection to Canada I, I think it, I think it was like I, I, I don't really know I don't oh they, or maybe don't. that was because the names like because it, it uh, the his last name is Varga that was not what was on the ID so maybe that was yeah. their escape plan he was gonna take his dad to Canada yeah. once he got out of the situation maybe yeah yeah that was yeah that was a that was a good scene mm-hmm. and who can in the with all these supply chain issues who can get a safe that quickly <laughs> no, to be a, to be alive in the 2000s right um yeah you got anything else that was it was, it was very good and what so what what like so the the whole thing with the safe thing too right was they like well, the just whole- basically Gave, like gave Nacho up to the Salamacas as like a way of trying to kind of. I, I, I actually don't think I think I quite followed all the details. Well, yeah, because I need to look up a recap. Well, no, because that's the whole thing is that they found the exact same safe. They took everything out. They didn't take a single thing, and the only thing they added was a like bank account ledger that had a phone number written on the bottom of it that the Salamanca people called, and then. uh found the name of the motel that he was staying at. And so, I forget so, why, if, so why why did why did why did Gus want to give Nacho up? Because and that takes because Gus was afraid they were coming after him. Like cause that mm. was a thing of when there was the whole scene of like them in the like portable office where Mike was telling him that he's not going to involve Nacho's dad. They specifically mentioned that if like they were already coming for you, meaning Gus, that it already would have happened. Mm-hmm. And then he went and made peace with, um, yeah, uh, dingy guy. What's what's his... the guy? The wheelchair dude, Hector. Hector. But then, it, but it, it seems like they'd be worried about Nacho giving Gus up after he got caught. Uh, so that, that, that that's why i didn't quite like follow exactly well, no, i don't i don't think they thought there i think gus is of the opinion that they would um 100 kill him mm. whereas when we see it um specifically the salamanca twins they they say no like to. like we're taking him alive yeah, yeah okay yeah i see okay that, that all makes sense then yeah um Although the one thing about that that didn't make sense to me is that the numbers they had written down on the um that invoice that led them to the motel was a motel in or was was an Ohio area code which was a is a continuity miss on a show that's normally very very tight. <laughs> <sighs> um yeah and then oh sorry the other thing that I I sent a link uh, or I sent an image to so because I I got the version that fell off a truck from Netflix um outside the US 
uh, you actually see the credits. And I do appreciate the little touch of, um, in the credits, they have uh, a rough-looking man and scary-looking dude as parts that you can play on a Vince Gilligan TV show. So, good job, guys. Put that on your acting resume. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you got anything else? No, it's it's very late. Yeah, it's very good. It, it, very good. Good good to have it back. All right. Do you have a chef special or do we want to make a, a joint chef special for the first time of stop what you're doing and watch Better Call Saul? That's, that's what it's got to be. There we go. All 